This is Michael Byrne and you're listening to the Let's Talk podcast where we help people to gain a better understanding of mental illness and hear firsthand from a survivor of multiple traumas so you can be free from the past and get on with your life. Welcome to the podcast. So presenteeism, I think, was first mentioned in the Stevenson Farmer Report of 2017 by the British government. Uh, and it alluded to the fact of the massive loss to British businesses due to presenteeism. I think uh, the most recent figure is somewhere in the region of £43 billion is lost to presenteeism. And presenteeism is when staff members are coming into work, um, not taking time off, they're attending work, when they are not at full capacity or productivity because of ongoing life issues. So for instance, it could be a relationship breakdown, it could be these sort of things that happen in everyday life, but staff feel a duty to attend to work. Now, we know that if you're not, you know, if you're not feeling great, you're not, you know, you've got things going on in your background, you're not as productive as you should be because your mind is wandering and you're not really up for it. So Due to mental health-related illness, the British government estimates that £43 billion is lost in productivity due to what's called presenteeism. And that's not people taking time off, that's people coming to work when they're not at uh, a decent capacity to produce. So, what we advocate is that to deal with the effects of mental health concerns during presenteeism, that organisations reach out to organisations like my own, Let's. And what we offer is services that can deal with mental health presenteeism issues in the workplace. And we can deliver services that can be delivered on site within the workplace that an employer can give access to the employee. So for instance, if someone's struggling with their mental health and it's uh, an issue that we will deal with, we can go on site and speak to the person for an hour in a local coffee shop or a local conducive environment for them to chat with. And, uh, you know, one of my recent clients... uh, after the first uh, Let's Talk session that I had with him, sent me a text message saying, you know, uh, that one hour session was better than any counselling session that he's ever had because he was able to engage with someone who had lived experience of some of the traumatic events or comparable that he had been through. And that one session alone has created, over the past week, a lift in his morale and will undoubtedly produce, you know, be more, he'll be more productive in his workplace and the the end result of that will be that the organisation benefits from that. Statistics show that for every one pound spent on the well-being of staff, the return will be between one pound fifty and nine pounds. So that's 50 to 900% return. So in that one session alone, you know, the chap has went away, it's better than anything he's ever done, he's went back to work, he feels great. You feel great at work, your productivity increases, the organisation gets the full benefit of that. So that's what presenteeism in a nutshell is. Um, The abstract of that is that organisations tend to concentrate on absenteeism, not presenteeism. 
Now, every organisation that certainly I've ever been affiliated with has a KPI for absenteeism. And uh, the target, if it was 3% last year, they will undoubtedly have a target this year of 2.9, 2.8 and so on. And they will put their resources into meeting that target. But as far as I'm concerned, it's the wrong target to look at. Um, what you're actually doing by reducing 3% to 2.9, as far as I'm concerned, is a law of diminishing returns. You will invest your budget and say perhaps 10, 10 grand, 10,000 pounds, and your resources into achieving 0.1% of a difference. However, as I previously mentioned, if the return on your well-being budget is 50 to 900%, and you were to give, let's, 10,000 pounds, I can't do the arithmetic in my head, but it would be substantial. Uh, 50 to 900% increase. Just simply concentrating on presenteeism, and that's people who are attending work and perhaps you know, have ongoing concerns. I think the simple way to look at it is if you have an absenteeism rate of 3%, you have a presenteeism rate of 97%. Why would you not concentrate on getting the most that you can from the 97% rather than a diminishing return from 3 down to 2.9? The fundamentals in all the experiences I've ever had in HR has been that you're always going to have a sickness and absence rate. You're going to have Johnny phone in, you know, every Monday, every two months or something like that. You're going to have a, a bout of winter vomit. You're going to have all of that stuff. So you're always going to have roughly around about 3% or up to 3.5 down to 2.5, something along those lines. But fundamentally, the biggest gain for the improvement in the well-being of staff and the, therefore the biggest gain for the organisation is to concentrate on presenteeism. So therefore, the question really has to be asked is, why would you not do it? We've all, we've all been there uh, where, you know, you're, you know, maybe people say, you know, I got your work to escape my problems. Um, but actually, whilst you're in work, you're not, dealing, you're not doing your work and you still get problems. But what about whilst, if you were at work, you could get an hour off or your employer said, you know, I know exactly the organisation who can help you. We'll contact Michael at Let's and we'll see if we can get him to come in or you can go and meet him for a coffee. He knows exactly what he's talking about. And then you come back and you think, that's exactly what I needed. I needed to talk to somebody, and my work's given me an hour off for it, and I really appreciate that. You know, the organisation gets a lot of kudos for it. So, why would you not do it? Now, I understand that there would be some scepticism amongst senior staff about, okay, right, this is just swinging the lead to get an hour off to go and see whatever. But what if it is? People take sick days off all the time when they're not sick. You know, so... What's the heart? You know, realistically, aye, okay, there might be some people who swing their lead in that, but actually when those people come and have a conversation with someone like me who has lived experience of many traumatic events and tries to explain how they don't actually feel about never being through something, it's going to be spotted. Um, so, yeah, you might have that, but that's going to be a small percentage uh, of people who might not actually have an illness or have an issue to be dealt with. It's a small percentage, but actually the return is on the people who actually do have it and embrace it. So um, it's a kind of relatively new word that's only come out in the past few years and people are still kind of mystified by, well, what, what's presenteeism? But it is actually, you're there in your body, but your mind isn't actually there and you're dealing with other things. So, um, and as I've said, the statistics are quite incredible. For me, it was being in a clutter disaster on the Friday and going to work on the Monday. You know, my father was murdered on a Thursday night, I went to work on the Friday. 
my learned experience from an early age yeah. and that was my coping mechanism was to escape the problem by going to work but there are plenty of scenarios for me yeah and a couple of cases I remember being at work because I was a danger and on one instance I uh, when I when I was a housing officer many many years ago so it would have been around about my father's mother in 96 so maybe 97 98 and I myself and another officer went to visit this chap and he stayed in the multi-stories in the Gorbos in Glasgow and they had verandas on them or balconies whatever the trendy word is now and anyway um, this chap and I got into an argument because I should never have been at work I was aggressive I was angry I hadn't dealt with the grief I had, and, and so on and my father was murdered in the Gorbos and this was in the Gorbos and uh, the chap and I ended up out in the balcony and I was having a confrontation with him I was the aggressor I absolutely was the aggressor and I had no fear or no concerns that either one of us could have ended up over the balcony. And, uh, you know, I didn't mince my words with the guy. I walked, I was about to walk out of the guy's house and he said something again to me. And I ran back up the stairs and confronted him again. I eventually left the property, got into the lift, and my first thought was, what the fuck am I doing? You know, I've created a problem for my employer, damaged reputation to them, to me and all sorts of stuff could have happened. Um, I went to my boss and told him exactly what I'd done. But that's a perfect example of me of presentation. The damage that I'd done to the organisation that day and to me and what could have happened was massive. Had there been someone like my organisation, I could have went to them and just say, look, I've just had this experience. I've just done this. I've just had this. It's going to come out. And I, I mean, every time I've seen that guy after it, I was embarrassed, you know. He crossed the street to avoid me and stuff like that, and I felt terrible because that isn't my nature. I'm not a confrontational person. My father had just been murdered, as you said, at pressure cooker, you know, you have to release the pressure, and I'm ashamed of that. But it sticks with me to this day. You know, that was 97, so that's, what, 23 years later, whatever it was, something like that. Uh, and I still remember the guy. I remember the guy's name. I remember, I remember everything. And... I'm embarrassed and I'm ashamed about it. I'm not, not too sure that his lifestyle would have afforded him 20 odd years since that day, um, which may have been one of the reasons why I was so aggressive. But So, um, yeah, I mean, it's a perfect example for me of presentism of, of had, I mean, and I think it's really easy to say, well, you know, okay, you could have reached out to someone, I could have done, I could have done, I could have done, but back then there was no organisations like mine. There was nobody who was willing to talk about their lived experience and say, you know, I've been through this. I know what it's like to have a father murdered or I know what it's like to have this, have that. Um, it was very back in the culture back then and it wasn't like that. And I was 26, 27. I was a young man, west of Scotland. I was not going to go and speak to what I perceived to be psychologists and counsellors in a dark room, chairs and a box of hankies um, and all of that mumbo-jumbo, you know, back then. Um, but had I been aware of what I'm aware of now in an organisation like my own and my experience that I subsequently had since then, both positive and negative, then yeah, I wish I could go back and say to myself, okay, that's the tipping point. You've now acted in this way, you need help, you need to do something about it. Well, yeah, and, and, and the, the other, the, you're right about the three or four days, and the three or four days going off sick, I guarantee the person's phoning in sick saying, I've got a sore stomach or a sore, you know, whatever. They're not phoning in saying, I'm not meant to capable of being here today, which is hiding the real problem, which then exacerbates this whole, 
absence. Uh, we don't have a mental illness issue in our workplace because everyone's phoning in saying they've got an illness other than the mental health because we're too ashamed and it's the whole um, you know career suicide of want to tell that you've got that. So um, you know I've been in I've been in conferences and spoke at them where you know people have said you know we don't have a mental illness issue and I'll kind of say okay so do you have a sickness and absence policy for mental illness? Do people have the option to phone in and say I've got a mental illness? No, we have a policy, but it's built for uh, physical sickness. So, I mean, I, I, I think there are. I think you could get them. I mean, I think there's diagnosed and undiagnosed mental illnesses. Uh, certainly mine's is a well-diagnosed mental illness and, and so on. But yeah, I mean, I think that if you phone in and say to your boss, I'm depressed, I think most people will just go, aye, right, you know, give yourself a shake. But actually, the question is further, it's deeper than that. The question should really be, okay, is there something going on in your life? that we need to address. Saying that you're depressed is just an outlet to say, I'm, I've kind of got something in my life that I'm struggling to deal with. It just happens to fall under the, the label of depression or whatever we want it to be. I don't really think the label matters. What matters is the question is, what's going on in your life that we can help you with as an employer? Can we help you with this? Can we offer you this? Can we do that? Um, and I know many people, certainly the, the, the guy that I was in a clutter with, did not want to go to a doctor to be labelled with PTSD. Because if you're labelled with that, you know, it sends fear into people of, oh, PTSD, you must be a danger to society. Or if you've got PTSD, you need to be dealt with in this way and you're not a human being in effect, you're just a statistic that's got PTSD. Uh-huh. So I get that. Uh, and I think the label is what ashames people and, and creates a stigma of actually telling people, well, I'm depressed. Because generally the action will be, what have you got to be depressed about? Well, actually, you don't know what it is. Certainly, it's the suit, the shirt, and the tie. Um, but fundamentally, through presenteeism, we can simply ask the question of, you know, is there something going on in your life that we can help you with? Because we understand that you're going to be in the workplace perhaps for 5 to 15 hours, depending on whatever shifts you're doing. We want you to be as effective as you can be as an employee, but we want to help you. You're a valued member of staff. And if we can help you in any way whilst you're here, how can we do that? And as I said, from a purely financial and business point of view, if you speak to a finance officer and say, I'm going, if you give me a pound and I'll give you £1.50 or £9 back, why would you not do it? If you're taking it from a strictly business point of view, you know, not the, not the relationships with staff, the question should be then why would you not do it? So many benefits to having an effective presenteeism strategy. Um, you'll in effect will reduce the turnover of staff. Long term effect is that you will reduce your sickness, your potential sickness and absence rate and you'll have loyal staff. You'll have loyal staff and all of those three, all of those three things together will create a better service delivery for your customer at the end of the day. And I suppose, you know, and I, I know there's a difference of opinion, certainly Richard Branson, you know, the customer isn't always right, it's you look after your staff first and that creates the the satisfaction to your um, customer, and I, and I, and I get that. Um, you know, we've all been in a restaurant where you can, you know, somewhere where you can tell the staff which staff like it and which staff don't, because it pours out of you. Um, you know, and we've all worked probably for employers or managers where they've given you some help at the most difficult times, and you feel loyal to them because you've seen that they're human, and you then will go above and beyond. But however, the flip side also works. If you work for an employer who gives you no support, no help, no leeway, and is very rigid, 
you will also become the same. You'll become a mirror of that. That's it for today, folks. Thank you very much for listening. Please also like and share this episode on social media with your friends, family and colleagues and anyone who you think may benefit from getting this incredible insight into better mental health. If you have any comments or questions, then get in touch by emailing me at michael at livedexperiencetraumasupport.com. Thanks very much. I'm Michael Byrne from Lived Experience Trauma Support.